Hey, Danger Dangers here with a quick announcement. The nomination window for the 2024 Crit Awards closes on May 31st, and it would mean the world to us to have your help getting on the ballot. A link to the nomination form, as well as a document with some of our suggested responses, is in the episode description. But that being said, please feel free to vote for whichever shows you are most passionate about. Thank you for listening, and now, back to the show. Dean Dark is an absurd, over-the-top comedy horror adventure that is intended for older audiences. Content warnings can be found in the episode descriptions. Hello and welcome to Dean Dark, a comedy horror adventure real play podcast loosely based on rules from Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition, and starring some of history's most infamous monsters. I'm Danger Dan Jers, and I am your host slash Crypt Keeper. This will be a direct continuation of the last episode. We will be picking up immediately where we left off, and I will be doing the recap for this one, since none of the players wanted to talk about what happened last time, so I'm going to take it into my own hands, because I'm Danger Dangers, and I play Count Orlock, the geriatric vampire lord who's a little down on his luck. Now, in last session, the, the new people in town wandered their way in and seemed to have made quite a few enemies out of the guards, and I owed them a little bit of a favor, so I jumped into the fray to help them out. I took the nuclear option, as it were, drank some more dead man's blood, and turned into a giant horrifying spider monster, and it was very traumatizing for everyone involved, especially myself. I feel like that gets undersold most of the time. I'm the one who had to endure the transformation and turn into the terrible thing. It was one of the most horrifying experiences I've ever undergone in my life, and I decided from then on out I wanted nothing more to do with these individuals. Uh, luckily, we were able to survive the fray after Gonzo came in, interrupted, and turned me back to normal, gave them the law of the land, and then they went off along on their merry way, and I went back to whatever it is I do during the daylight hours. Um, they, they're off doing something in the nest. I don't much care what, because I am through and done with all of their antics. And with that, let's jump back into the nest with the story already in progress. All right, so just a quick above-the-table thing. Once Marlo gives you your monetary reward for the dungeon, he will answer just any of your questions. So this is the time to get information for your plot stuff and just any questions you have about how the world works and all that. It's my excuse to exposit and your way of getting the information that your characters are after. Uh, I would like to ask where the most refined cultural center of art is, and I would like to gently stumble over the additional question, most refined center of art with the most uh, accepting population. Most accepting? Oh, Who's, like, really cool? All right, give me a second. <laughs> I need to take another look at a map of England and figure out where I want to... <laughs> Where's the hip and happening spot? Because I could just say London, but that's boring. Will we be fighting the werewolves of London? Uh, that depends on one character. <laughs> I wonder who, I that, wonder would who that would be. Tee. Jinx. <laughs> oh my god, are we going to meet Abraham Lincoln? <gasps> Vampire. Oh <my> yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, this is, well, the thing is, it's 1880X, and he's already dead. Yeah, he would have already been assassinated. Or air quotes assassinated <gasps> Abraham Lincoln the vampire hunter the vampire I did my uh, super quick research so I am prepared to answer that question now let's go okay so Marlo takes you all over to his booth and sits you down as all of the staff lets out a big frustrated sigh as they see him back in again <laughs> shrugs and goes back to making their drinks so he sets you down, snaps over a couple of bats, and says, All right, well, I'll have a necrony for my table. Anything for any of you? Any of you want a uh, um, dark and stormy, some last rites? Um, I'm buying, so... Dark and stormy. A uh, corpse survivor, number two. A uh, corpse survivor, number two, a dark and stormy. Any others? Can, do, do they have peanut butter whiskey here? I, I, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> uh, Phantom would like to say that. Phantom fine. would like to say that in sync with Marlo. 
<laughs> it's fine. Don't worry about it. I'll just have a water. Imhotep kind of like looking off in the distance trying to think about stuff. He hears peanut butter whiskey and he just kind of slowly turns his head. He doesn't say anything. He just looks at Larry. <laughs> Why am I being judged right now? I don't much appreciate it. You know what? I admire... That was just a question. I admire that you know what you want. You have a very good understanding of yourself, and that's something that's hard to come by. Yourself is stupid, but you know that, <laughs> and that's the important thing. So he sends the bats, they come back with the various drinks, so he gets his neck crony. You, Phantom, get your corpse revived. my peanut butter whiskey? You get a bowl of peanut butter and a glass <laughs> of whiskey. Wait, what about my... I get, I get a dark and stormy too, right? Oh, I didn't hear you. So, yeah, you get a dark and stormy too. I just want to make it the, the point that the second he tells the bats, I watch the bats the entire time as they make my drink and make sure they bring it to me. Imhotep kind of, like, sticks his finger up where his throat would be, and it sticks out of his lower jaw. I don't have anything to drink with. If you're asking for a drink, if it's possible, I'll take an old-fashioned. All right, yeah, I suppose they can do that. <laughs> Careful with specific requests. All right, everyone comfortable? Everyone got their drinks, ready to kind of go over what all we've been through? Uh, I guess? So first of all, you successfully completed the task I put before you. And now that that problem's taken care of, here's your reward for that. And he pulls out a sack of cash that he throws on the table that equals 160 gold. Ooh. Divided by five. That is collectively for the group. So there's your reward. You did about 200 gold worth of work, but some of your damages are deducted from that. I would like my painting back and my gem. The books, eh, those are those are maledicts. You can keep those. He's, he's being a little bit pissy, so uh, <laughs> I want to take some of that out on him. I was like, as he says that, Jack was pulling out the book by him, and it was just kind of like, so you don't want your own book. Ew, no, I never look back at my old work. Uh, Phantom nods at this and like gestures like, this guy gets it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and now as for the other thing, I know that the real reward and the real value that I hold is my information. So go ahead, ask away. Where is the most refined, the most exquisite center of art uh, on this continent with perhaps the more accepting residents? Well, there's a couple of different answers there. There's a, a few certain avenues in London that are a bit more posh and high-end and really have something of value, but they're not exactly going to be welcoming to one such as you or I. Here's what I'll point you to instead. It's not up and coming yet, but my sources do tell me that there is an art gallery being installed in Windsor, that is going to be completely unparalleled. So keep your eyes out for that. That's a little small town that's got its own eccentricities. And I think you'll find that they'll be a little bit more dismissive of your particular quirks. So if you really want to go for some interesting art with some interesting people, once it's up and running, that art gallery in Windsor is the way to go. I appreciate the tip. So I wanted to try and get to the meat of all this. What information can you share about Rainer? All right. Well, see, Rainer's a tricky one. He kind of showed up out of nowhere. Even my gargoyles have had a hard time keeping a pin on him. But what I have been able to suss out, he is a man of wealth and means, and it doesn't seem to be acquired legitimately. He doesn't know what to do with any of it. And he commands a startling amount of power for a vampire spawn. See, he's not even a full vampire. He is a vampiric spawn. And the fact that he has the amount of attention and the amount of power that he does is concerning. He has been hard at work establishing himself and getting his following up and running, and I've kept an eye on where they're going. I don't exactly know what they're up to yet, but they're, they seem to be collecting very specific objects of power. Uh, Imhotep kind of snorts when he hears him talk about the objects of power being collected. He's kind of, hmm. Yes. Do you wish to share with the class? No. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> God damn it. So, besides that little interruption, do you by chance know what objects of power and what they do? The only one that I know for sure is 
he and his cult made a recent attack at the Louvre over in Paris. They were having some brand new exhibit for some ancient long-buried pharaoh. I believe it was um, Akhenaten. They had a very nice and lovely exhibit there, and the, their primary centerpiece was, I believe, a scroll in worship to Osiris. There was an attempt made on that, but they weren't successful. There was some heavy damage that was done to the entire exhibit, and for its own protection, it will be moved to the British Royal Museum within about a week or so. And odds are, if they made an attempt on that before, they're going to be making an attempt on that again. Uh, when Marlowe mentioned the Louvre, Phantom was like tapping excitedly on Larry. And as soon as he mentioned that it was getting moved to the British Royal Museum, Phantom just deflated. Oh, I give him a reassuring <laughs> pat on the back. <laughs> the second he mentioned Osiris, I look over to Imhotep to see if his attitude changes. Mm-hmm. I think we're all staring at him. Imhotep <laughs> has kind of been half listening and kind of like staring out onto the dance floor. Not watching anybody dance, but just kind of been like, he's lost in thought. Making occasional eye contact with the flaming skull disco ball as it makes its rounds, screaming, <laughs> Once in a while, but for the most part, just kind of seeming in thought. And as he hears this, he hasn't looked back at Marlo. He just kind of stands up, if you would excuse me. And he starts to just kind of make his way away from the party, find a quiet corner by himself where he's going to just continue to look like he's completely lost in thought. But he's not going to say anything about it. Well, all right. I don't know what his deal is. Uh, What else are you interested in? Oh, I nearly forgot. There is something that my gargoyles overheard. I believe today they are making their way over to Oxford University. I don't know what it is they're after there, but they have started to make their way over. It's about a day's journey away from here. So if you're quick, you can probably intercept them and get more information on that yourself. And they'll be there by the end of today, you said. Uh, At the rate they're going, yes. I think after a little bit of time has passed, uh, Larry is kind of focused on Emotep and wants to uh, find a moment to get up and kind of slink away towards him. All right, you can just go ahead and do that. Marlo says, all right, I guess it's infectious. I don't know what their deal is, but <laughs> apparently they're more interested in whatever's going on over there. So all of you of culture. His voice kind of fades out as we pan over to Imhotep and Wolfman. So I want to kind of walk up to him. When I do that, uh, what do I see, Daniel? He's being very good at being stoic, which is really easy because, you know, he doesn't have any facial features to really (laughs) give away any of his feelings. And he's no longer staring out of the dance floor. He's very clearly thinking. Even without the facial features, it feels like something is troubling him. Larry's gonna kind of carefully, as to not try and intrude, but see how you're doing. Just be like, um, hey, are are you alright? Are you... what's on your mind? That was scrambled millennia ago. I don't have a mind to have things apart. Oh, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yes, I understand. There's something troubling? The king that he mentioned, Akhenaten. He was... Not a good king, I would know personally, as he made me his high priest to the sun. Yeah, so a little bit of a personal vendetta, I assume? He kind of looks at his hands. It is due to him that I am the way I am now. His blasphemies, forcing me to perform blasphemies, is what led me to be cursed to forever wander this world, to come back and serve. But... This Rainer has already stolen one of my scrolls. And if he seeks to steal a second one, I will personally destroy him. How do you feel about having that showdown at the site of where your old king will likely be? Hmm. I doubt they have the body. It was likely looted. But if there is a chance for me to blaspheme against my former employer, I refuse to see him as a king anymore. And who says I won't accidentally smash a canopic jar, (laughs) throw a scimitar or two through his royal stele. Things happen in the heat of battle, you know? You're right, you're right. A little, little oops here. You know, I can be quite clumsy at the best of times, so I, I think if you'll have me, I'll go with you and, um, maybe perhaps I'll trip on something, smash a few artifacts here and there. If you don't mind, of course. Perhaps. Though... (laughs) 
the thing that I require from there is the scroll of power, the scroll of Osiris. I need this. It is not a game of want. I need the scroll. Right, so that, that makes it very clear. It seems like that needs to be pretty high on the to-do list of things to pick up. Yes, but... Hopefully we can beat him there. A week to arrive at this museum of stolen artifacts. I believe it can be done. Hmm. Yeah, maybe we can stop him at a few of the other locations as we make our way to the museum. Once we get there, rush in, grab the stuff we need, smash a thing or two, and make our escape. Imhotep hasn't really been looking at Larry. He's kind of been, like, keeping that same stoic look. Finally kind of turns and looks at him. You are a good man, Lawrence. Perhaps I misjudged the usefulness of this team. Well, I try. And you know... I will do what I can to help you out. You've been a great help so far, uh, and I'm sure, I'm sure we can do what we can to get you that scroll. And uh, and um, there was another thing I was meaning to ask you. Uh, I didn't really have a chance before about anything and everything you know about curses. I I, I know I brought that up, and I do have a curse. I I don't think I can get into it now, but. Uh, any information that you might have on that sort of thing would be very useful for me as well. Try to think, what would Imhotep necessarily know? You know that curses are usually permanent. It is exceptionally difficult to rid yourself of a curse. I'll hmm. say the remove curse spell can work for minor curses, but major curses like what Larry's dealing with, things like that remove curse would not be sufficient for. Yeah, Imhotep is like that they are magically placed and often some easy enough to remove. Others, and he kind of looks at, he kind of looks at you, I imagine it will be much more difficult. Larry, who had been looking at you with kind of like a concerned look, but a bit of a smile when the conversation turned lighthearted. As soon as you said that it'll be a little bit more difficult for you, you see his eyes kind of pass downward. Yeah, I had a suspicion. Maybe this Marlowe guy has possibly some more information, but, but thank you. He kind of looks at you and says, at least in your case, the curse is able to be hidden. You do not... And I quote, he holds his arm up, which is the looks of the glowing runes, shine like a glow stick everywhere you go. <laughs> oh, man, I wish my thing looked as cool as that. <laughs> but um, hopefully we can get this thing sorted out soon. I'm I'm uh, I'm running a little low on time. But thank you, Emotep. You, you mentioned me being a good man, but I think by helping you, I can I can feel that a little bit. Yes, helping me steal and destroy things. Because yeah, you know, it's, good person. it's all about perspective, you know? <laughs> so on that, I think Larry's going to kind of, still a little sad, but chuckling to himself, head back up to where Marlo is seated. We kind of fade back up on their conversation in progress. <laughs> you say conversation. Uh, Phantom is like flute beatboxing, and I want him oh and Marlo God. to just be like vibing and like, jamming out much to the chagrin of the rest of the party. And I'm just gonna say Jack is just kind of sitting there with his hand kind of like placed up against his cheek just kind of like waiting for all this to play out and then just every now and then like sips on his drink. I'm just like waiting for them to be done so I can finally ask him my questions. They finish their jam session. Marlo puts his cello back in his pocket. That is a big ass pocket. Yeah, that's a big pocket. <laughs> <laughs> and here I thought you weren't a very perceptive group. <laughs> anyway, I appreciate where you're coming from, and that was a good deal of fun. But is there any other information that you have pressing? Uh, yes. Do you know if there are any means or any people who would know about curse removal? Possibly uh, on the grander scheme of curses. Oh, I didn't notice you were back. Uh, <laughs> sorry about that. I, uh... <laughs> Larry just takes a swig of whiskey and like a handful of peanut butter and just, <laughs> <laughs> just furious. Can Larry get the peanut butter on his nose and he does the whole dog like lick thing? Because <laughs> he took the sip of whiskey first and then the big thing of peanut butter, his mouth is just full of it. And he's just. <laughs> <laughs> that is a fascinating question, actually. 
if you're talking about what I think you're talking about, I, I'm assuming I'm correct that you're aware... Uh, he catches your eyes go wide and interrupts himself there. Aware of your circumstance. <laughs> I am very aware of my circumstances. He's... Ooh. Larry, peanut butter mostly cleared, has such an intense, like, fire in his eyes that I don't think the rest of the group has seen except in those very rare occasions where Larry is upset. Roll intimidation with advantage. Yeah. Yeah. And then also, can I do a perception check? Yeah, go ahead and roll perception. Okay. Can I also roll perception on Larry? Sure. Yeah. With the advantage, that is an 18. With an 18, he stops and says, what you're dealing with is probably... Yes, I can tell. It's something intensely serious, so... Yes, I need information on particularly spicy curses. Anything that you have will help, but, um... Yes, I know exactly what I'm dealing with for the most part, but I, I don't have information on um, that uh, removal. And I'm running a little low on time. So what was the perception that you guys rolled? Perception for Jack was 11. Perception for Mary was an unnatural 20. Oh, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying it's a Larry's soul. <laughs> That's that friendship bond. It is the friendship bond. I see you, Larry. I see you. <gasps> I feel so seat. With that unnatural 20, Frankenstein, you've completely caught on to what is happening. I will say you don't know what a werewolf is, but... You know he that he knows I'm cursed. You know that Larry is cursed, and you know that he stopped Marlowe from finishing his sentence. Invisible Man with your eleven, you are a little suspicious of how Larry's acting, but you didn't catch Marlowe's cover up, and so you you don't quite know what just happened. Just that something did happen. Okay. For an extra reminder, when we left the crypt way back, Mary was the only one that noticed Larry's hand burning on his cane. Very true. Yeah. So that is additional information that he has. <laughs> it all tracks. Poor old Lawrence. So Frankenstein monster, you've got most of the pieces together. You just don't know what a werewolf is, but you know like eighty percent of what's going on. Hey, hey, Jordan, above table, prepare mm -hmm. for some character building. Yay! <laughs> I'm so excited to talk to specifically Mary about this stuff. The power of friendship. <laughs> you all right so i see larry give the daggers and i think back to when larry had the cane and the hand was burning and i gave him the cloth and i think to myself so larry is cursed with something i don't know exactly what it is if this is something that he's deathly afraid of we should all of us be a little nervous at the very least I just think that to myself. No one. This is just Mary having <laughs> sitting in his thoughts, just looking at that, also listening to the conversation and waiting for a perfect chance to butt in and ask this question. So, in your case, well, I I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but anything that would be strong enough to relieve you of your curse would have to be an affront to the nature of reality itself. It would take absurdly powerful magic. And you would need to rewrite reality around I get it. I get it. I get it. So you're saying there's a chance? <sighs> All right. I, I probably shouldn't be telling you this, but... <sighs> Damn it. Larry leans forward. There is... There's a coven of witches. In the swamps of South Downs, these three witches make their abode. I would absolutely not recommend you pursue them. But if anyone has anything powerful enough to do what needs doing, it would be them. Now, I am not telling you to go encounter them. In fact, I'm actively telling you that would be a horrifically bad idea. So I need you to look me in the eye right now and tell me you will not go after these witches. Phantom would like to lean over to the Frankenstein monster and be like, we're definitely going, right? <laughs> I lean over to Phantom and I'm like, I honestly think we encountered these witches on our way over here. They didn't seem so tough. Oh, looks going to be deceiving, my friend. At that point, I want to try and get Marlo's attention and basically tell him that I could say that we will not be doing anything in your name against the witches. He sighs under his breath and says, oh, well, fuck. All right, you're going to do it anyway. 
I trust that you will leave me out of it, or you will intensely regret it any more than you already would regret going after them in the first place. Damn it, I really shouldn't be doing this. And he pulls from his pocket, he pulls the cello back out, digs deeper and rummages back in his pocket of holding, (laughs) and pulls out a flask. Oh? It is a flask made of iron that has an inscription on it that says, Johnny Walker Kilmarnock Whiskey. Hell yeah. (laughs) Whoa! And he hands it over to you hesitantly. He does not let it go just yet, but he starts to hand it over to Larry and says, If you are going to do something that suicidal, you're going to need this. Do not open this flask. You will need it to deal with them. Only use it in the utmost of emergencies. And you did not get it from me. This is something that I need you to make sure that you never open unless the situation is extraordinarily dire. But if you are going to deal with them, you will need it. So here, he lowers his glasses and gives his eyes a hypnotic swirl and says, You will never open this flask in my presence. Do we understand? Is there a role for that or no? Nope. Okay. So you all Here's a question. are... Here's a question, Dan. Yes. I'm not at the table. True. You are not at the table. So everyone except Hotep is under this hypnosis, and Marlo says, We have an understanding here. You will not open this around me. Whatever you do from here on out, those consequences are entirely yours. I am not responsible for what happens if you open this flask. Larry says, understood. And he grabs the flask from you and puts it into a pocket. Not a pocket of holding, but a pocket. And then, gosh darn it, Dan, you're going to have to send me the name of that flask, because <laughs> I can't remember it. Moving on, and no more discussion of those witches. Any other last little bits of information before I peace on out of here? I have some questions for you, good sir. Go on. Does the name Victor Frankenstein mean anything to you? Ah, I thought you looked familiar. Yes, um, I have heard of Victor Frankenstein. I am familiar with his work, and, well, let's just say I am intrigued by your prospects. So, what is it you want to know about Victor Frankenstein? Well, I just want to know if he's for sure alive, but also I want to know if anyone has tried to uptake his experiments. There are some people in the world who may find his experience, well, me, as quite possibly a way to immortality. I don't bloody know. All I know is that those experiments need to be stopped, and anyone who tries to learn the same craft he did needs to be stopped. And if there's any way, because last time I left him, I thought he was done for, but I received a letter and I met all of these folk that said he was alive, and I want to know where he is. Victor Frankenstein is alive. I have my suspicions as to where he is. My gargoyles will need to narrow the playing field down a little bit, but I know that he's somewhere off to the far northeast. We know that there is um, about a 80-kilometer wide radius that he has not left since he was last spotted. If you give me a little bit of time, my gargoyles can narrow that scope a little bit, and we can point you more conclusively in his direction. I would appreciate that. Thank you. Do you know anyone else who would have an interest in his work besides Rayner? Well, aside from Rayner, no one else seems to have really caught on to the nature of what's been going on. They, they sort of see you as a one-off anomaly. Rayner is the only one that I'm aware of that is continuing down this same path. But I will keep my eyes and ears open. Now, at the risk of overextending our welcome, I... Do have a few more questions, if you'll be kind enough to lend me an ear. All right, ask away. I'm a bit new, as we spoke before, to this world. You said vampire and vampire spawn. What's What would be the difference? Ah, well, basically in order to become a vampire, that is... Uh for lack of better word, a willing consensual agreement that you need to make with a being of higher elevated power. If anyone is killed by a vampire after pledging their servitude to them, then they forfeit their soul, their life is taken, they are revived and brought back as a vampiric spawn. They are our general servants. They have some of the same abilities that we have, but not quite to the same extent. 
In order for them to really ascend and become a full vampire, they need to feast upon the blood of the one that turned them. It is incredibly rare to see a vampiric spawn without their vampire master commanding them at their every beck and whim, and usually they don't last very long. Oftentimes, they're just sort of left in an in-between state. And I've seen it drive some spawn into madness. Usually they take their own afterlife, but um, that's the basic gist of it. So you're saying that there might be someone above Rainer? As far as I can tell, he's very much an anomaly. He's kind of a lone wolf. And he kind of looks at Larry and chuckles a little bit. He, he sort of is kept to himself, and that's really been incredibly bizarre. The fact that he is a spawn that has other spawns beneath him is completely unheard of, and... I don't know what happened with the vampire that brought him into all of this, but he's been demonstrating some powers he really shouldn't have access to. And to answer your question, logically, he should have a master, but I can't find any evidence of one ever having existed. But it's still not out of the question, considering as how he's still a spawn. Well, I suppose, but if they are still around, they've got to be pulling some pretty heavy magic to keep themselves hidden from me. Okay. There was something that we found in the maze that we were in. Um, there was a mirror, and it seems to have shown us different images. Is it possible that a mirror can show something other than a reflection? Well, I mean, a mirror can show you all kinds of things. Uh, it shows me nothing because I'm a vampire, so I hate to say it, but I haven't the faintest idea what you're talking about. Me neither, for what it's worth. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. And essentially just kind of like one last one, just because Jack is kind of curious. Uh, you had some books in that area. At the risk of making myself sound like a fool, as I have in the past. Often. Do you? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Do you have anything that I could read up on regarding magic? Hmm. Well, you're going to have to be more specific than that. There's, there's several different varieties of magic, and it spans very far and wide. You would not be the first to come asking me about the nature of the mystical. It gets a bit complicated, but if you have more specific windows that you want to look into, I can pass that information along. Thank you. By chance, is there a way to get in contact with you for maybe a private session just to kind of pick your brain on a few things? Yes, if you are so inclined. Here's my card. He hands you a business card that has a pentagram on it, and it has a series of coordinates. Set up an enchantment reaching out to those ley lines, and you can have a quick commune with me. Oh my god. Okay. That's basically how your magic people call my magical people, and we'll set something up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Alright, well, I cannot guarantee I will get back to you in a hurry. I do have better things to do than deal with all of you. I will not promise that I will be helpful. I may, in fact, actively antagonize you. I am nothing if not honest. <laughs> we love honesty. <laughs> Appreciate it. But there you go. Thank you so much for your honesty and for your information here. Of course, I'll be reaching out sometime soon, and hopefully we can have a brief conversation, and I won't take too much more of your time. All right, then. It appears our business is concluded. Can I hug... Igneous and Sandstone, goodbye. Aww. Aww. Yes, you may. Good. It's gonna be a riot if you said no. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you again down the road, my friends. Aww. And um, Igneous, a small, like, little bit of gravel kind of accumulates in his eye and just kind of rolls down his <sighs> face. <laughs> and he says, um, Oh, well, I... Thank you, I guess. I... I'm surprised by the affection. I didn't know this is what affection feels like. <laughs> and um, Sandstone says, I appreciate you too, buds. <laughs> Jack's going to make his way over to Larry. The peanut butter is gone and half the whiskey is drunk. Marlo disappears in a puff of mist. 
and then Igneous and Sandstone, in their 10 frames per second, clamber up to the wall and kind of fuse into the stone and disappear. Ooh. Oh, that's a trip. Didn't know they could do that. Don't see that every day. That does make sense how they traveled, though. It does. Especially since they came from the crypt all the way over here so quickly. It took us, what, a few hours? A day, maybe? Convenient. Very. So, Jack's gonna... What's the word? Like, he's kind of like guiltily walking over to Wolfman. Kind of sit across from you and kind of like hang his head down a little low. Larry's got his hands kind of steepled looking at the rest of his whiskey. Listen, from what I gather from Mary... It seems that you may have seen something different than what I saw in the mirror. And I treated you poorly. You may have seen something worse than I had. And you were essentially the first person to try and approach me in a friendly manner. And I do appreciate that. I have a few things that I'm still trying to cope with, but... Hopefully you can forgive me. And as I'm saying that, I'm going to pull out the healing potion and slide it over to Larry. Wow. And just say, I know you've been a little nervous when it comes to battle, but I feel that this would hopefully put your mind at ease a bit. And with that, I just take another swig of my drink. (laughs) Um, I, I really appreciate that, Jack. Honestly, I... I know you're going through a lot. I know we all are. That that whole uh, mirror business was a lot. I It makes sense that everybody saw something a little bit different, gauging from all the reactions. But um, I, I really, I really appreciate you coming up to me like this. And I, I hate any sort of conflict, but I, 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 I've been sort of on my own for so long. It's been nice to be a part of a team of people working towards a common goal. And if I can use what I have going on with me to help you all and, and possibly even help myself, I'm, I'm willing to put myself on the line for that. And, and I, I, I appreciate that. I know what Marlowe said about the witches being dangerous. And, and if all of you don't want to follow me in to deal with them, uh, I would understand. But uh, I hope at the very least you'll support me on the way there and and maybe I can solve, hopefully I can solve my problem. You honestly think we're going to let you take on those witches alone. You are as dumb as you look. <laughs> and by chance, if you're still nervous about not wanting to force us into something, what if you were to hire a thief? Hire a, <laughs> hire a thief? That way you've got an employee and you've got someone that's definitely got your best interest in mind. Also... You could use some muscle, and I have a few to go around. Spares, actually. (laughs) That sounds fantastic. I think I would be very happy to have both of you on my team, as long as my payment is helping you in return. Um, That is all I ask. I'm fine with that. Well, as much as we, I would like to go dig through some ditches and burn through some witches, (laughs) we have one other pressing option. Oxford. Exactly. That was going to be my point, too. I was going to suggest that we should probably go to Oxford first, since as far as I can tell, these witches stay in their same area. But we have Oxford, and then a week until that scroll of Osiris could possibly get stolen once more. Hold on, this is not very democratic so far. I would like to press digitate like a PA voice that takes over the speakers and says, Will the skeleton please report to the Bronte table? You might need to be more specific, considering where we are. Half of the nightclub turns and looks at you in confusion. (laughs) (laughs) They all look back and forth between each other in confusion and are just pointing to each other like, Eh? Eh?" Uh, The Mesopotamian skeleton, please. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Aaron. (laughs) They all kind of like nod and go back to what they were doing. Imhotep stands up, walks back over the table. Forgive me, I was a little bit lost in thoughts. Yeah, all's forgiven. Although we do need to discuss some things, and you weren't here for some of it, but we may have something to help our friend Larry here, but I believe that our more pressing issue is Oxford 
and the museum. I think we have enough time to do Oxford, but I think after that, I really need to go to the witches. I'm on a, a bit of a time crunch. Does anyone have a map of this country? Because I don't know exactly where Windsor is. And if this place is on our way to Windsor, then I, of course, I completely agree. In my D&D provided items pack, I have a generic map. <laughs> Dan, will that work? <laughs> yeah, that'll work. So you can see um, a map of the English countryside. Windsor is pretty far away. Uh. And that was where he was basically pointing to as like the up and coming art gallery. Mm hmm. Oh, that's right, the art gallery. It was South Downs was where, where the witches were. Where the witches were. And so that mm -hmm. is, as you can probably guess by the name, to the south and down of you. <laughs> but where's Oxford? Oxford is up to the northeast. Uh, he said it was about like a day's ride to get to Oxford. All right, so head to Oxford and then head south to down. Well, is there, uh, is there any faster way because they said they're going to be there today we've got a carriage we you do have, have a carriage, carriage. Well, i was just wondering if there was anything faster well for unless you can like merge into stone yeah turbocharge some horses can we magically get there quicker oh look look into magic all of a sudden can we cast haste on these horses yeah, okay. and as you guys are deciding your trajectory a bat flutters over to the table and drops the bill damn it Oh, shit. That <laughs> son of a bitch, he said he was going to pay for it. We should have known. How much is it? Oh, my God, I have a question that I would like to ask Larry to try. Yes? Larry, they employ bats here. Oh. <gasps> Could you have Caprison go to someone's table, take their card, and put it on our check? Oh, my God. Or their pouch of money or whatever. <laughs> Who has the best animal handling? I have a plus two. Uh, what's mine? What's mine? I have a plus four. Oh my gosh. All right, Mary. I like move and part my hair until I'm like, ah, there he is. And I grab him. And uh, in the palms of my hand, I, I hold him out to you. Uh, squeak? Intimidate. <laughs> no! 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 <laughs> no, this is animal handling. Oh. <laughs> Mary just looks over at Caprison and I'm like, hello, Caprison. I'm going to need you to do something for us. I need you to fly around as inconspicuously as you can along among the other bats. Act like you work here. Find someone who lays some money down and bring that money to us. And he nods and salutes and says, ah, squeak. <laughs> so roll animal handling and that will be not whether he goes along with it, but how well he does at it. Okay. Actually, how much money do we owe? It's 160 gold. Motherfucker! <laughs> Try to make sure it's 160. If you could, well, you probably can't carry that, but you know what? Fuck it. Uh, animal handling plus four. Wait, whose name is on the tab of the receipt? Is there any identifier? I'm pretty sure it's just like they just drop it off and they expect you to pay it like any other restaurant. Yeah, can we just put this at someone else's table? <laughs> uh, depends on what you roll. That's All plenty. Right. Well, That's plenty. Um, <laughs> You guys are going to love this. Natural 20. Hell yeah! We love you here. Caprison grabs the check, flies up and flutters around, and is able to basically kind of blend in with the kitchen staff. They kind of look at him a little weird, but they aren't paid enough to really think much of it. Aw, uh, minimum wage bats. Aw. <laughs> so they continue doing their job. And he scrambles around all of the checks on all of the tables, mixes and matches them up, and then comes back to you with a check that is just for water. Oh, yeah. Okay. Do we have to pay for water? Uh, nope. It is free. Wow. Cool. Okay. You know, we'll just leave like maybe five gold for a tip. No, yeah, we'll leave a tip. I mean, you can. I'll spend the five gold. I am the good boy. We still technically need to debut up the money anyway, but either way, cool. Let's bail. I'm assuming that we're walking out, right? Uh, I should hope so. Yes, please. Caprison flies back in a little bit of a panic and gestures at the door with one wing and says, uh, uh, squeak, squeak, squeaker, squeak, squeaking. <laughs> I was like, get back in my hair, get back in my hair. <laughs> Before he goes back to the hair, I want to look at Caprice and say, good boy. <laughs> and I just like give him like an index finger pat on the head. <laughs> he shakes his head a little bit and gives a happy little squeak. <laughs> and then crawls back into Larry's hair. All right, so we bail, bail, bail. We quickly walk out. 
I was going to say, as we're walking out, I wanted to talk to Phantom real quick. Uh, we can totally talk, 100%. Are yeah. we outside the door frame yet? Talk and walk, talk and walk. I will say yes. Fantastic. Uh, real quick, I'm going to press the digitate clean thesaurus part, so it is Marlo Bronte back on the side. Oh, awesome. shit. Oh. <laughs> nice. What's up, Jack? I don't know what happened in the last battle, but it felt like you helped me. And whether you want to admit to it or not, that's fine. But because I have that idea, I was planning to give this to you regardless, but I believe there was a book by Faust that we found in the underground area. And maybe this is me just being uncultured, but I thought maybe you might enjoy it. Do, do you hand it over with that so I can see it? Yeah, to see if you would even take it. Uh, is it the I Made a Devil's Bargain and You Can Too book? I think so. Well, what a remarkable piece of literature, Jack. I appreciate it. Thank you. Wow. All right. Awesome. Do you flip through it real quick? Uh, yeah. Hit me with it. So basically, after reading this now, this establishes a mechanic that you guys can all take advantage of at any time. This basically teaches you how to call upon the infernal forces of the devil lord Asmodeus. And basically, all you need to say is, I want to make a devil's bargain. If you roll and you fail and you need to succeed on it, it will turn your failure into success. And in exchange, I, the Crypt Keeper, get to bank a nat one that I can replace any one roll of yours with at any time. Ooh. Did we just canonically name our GM Asmodeus? I don't know. One aspect of. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So as you make your way back out of the nest, you hop into your carriage and you can set your course wherever you choose. My vote is Oxford. Oxford. All right. So you head off and make your way towards Oxford. Uh, as we get in the carriage, I would like to press digitate under the you suck on the side, Rainer. Yeah! <laughs> if you didn't have inspiration before, you do now. <laughs> as you press the digitate, um, Impotent, who also has a spell that can just make useless stuff happen, he just watches you, like, flip your wrist and the word Rainer shows him. He's like, you, he picks the chalk up off the ground and the kid's dropped. It's an ITM! I shouldn't teach you. The magic is... <laughs> I would never understand that he just throws the chalk on the ground and gets in the carriage. <laughs> oh my god. Jack's just going to walk over, put his hand on Emotep's shoulder, and just say, this is him. He's stylish. It <laughs> <laughs> is style with no substance. There's no point. What was the point? That he's just the literally, he's just muttering to himself, the young generations don't understand the importance of magic, and they just use it for things like this. And they are just—he's just going full boomer for a moment. You're just like, "Why do they use magic like this? Oh, nice. so what magic was intended for." Oh my goodness, beautiful. Okay, tumor. <laughs> if you didn't have inspiration, you already do now. <laughs> Yay! Oh wait, no, we don't want him to have inspiration. No. <laughs> I was kidding! So you all hop into the carriage and you make your way towards Oxford University. And over the course of that carriage ride, you all take a long rest. Woo! Thank God. You do not level up yet, but everything's reset on back. And as you arrive on campus, you start to make your way through and you walk into the central courtyard. There's a couple of people that are walking around doing their different business. And you can kind of see very briefly off in the distance what looks like a hooded figure rush into the main central building. By chance, aren't isn't Jack affiliated with this place? Um, is he? Uh, last time I was aware, I thought he was a teacher because that's how he ran into Abraham. I thought. Um, I don't think we ever established that he worked for the university; just that he worked with the university. Okay. As long as it's not game-breaking, you can have some affiliation with some of the people that have worked here. The main one being that Professor Abraham Van Helsing did teach at Oxford. So you do know that. Is there anybody that I happen to see that I recognize? There's nobody that you remember. They all seem either like 
new students or faculty that are kind of lower down in the tier list that you wouldn't have really bumped into that much. And they're just kind of doing their own thing. They have not noticed you come in yet as you walk up a cobblestone pathway to the south and kind of outlook the big central fountain and courtyard. I have a quick question. Yes. Larry looks normal. Mm -hmm. Phantom looks normal. Mm -hmm. Frankenstein monster, you can squint a little bit and he looks normal. Uh, I can only look normal for 10 minutes. What are we doing with Impotep? Because he kind of like looks at everybody and is just like, what? Uh, what I was going to say that Jack does have a disguise kit. And also Frankenstein's like eight feet tall. And multicolored. And multicolored. Like I said, you squint and turn your head a and little bit. You turn your head the opposite way. <laughs> uh, He's at least got skin. <laughs> that's true. He's got lots of skin. I only get skin for 10 minutes a day. <laughs> I will say no one has noticed you yet. Yeah. Um, if you want, I can provide the disguise kit for Emotep. It's just like a pair of googly eyes stuck into his eye sockets. A rubber mask. Emotep, roll performance. <laughs> okay, let me see. Uh, nine. Or I do have a plan B, because I do still have one more vial of invisibility. We also could be bringing a donation to the university. Ooh. Jordan! Wait a second. Uh, Jordan, I love that. He can collapse into bones, and oh. we can say we have a donation to the university. Oh, shit. Uh, you have inspiration already, right? Yeah. Okay, because that would definitely be inspiration. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Is really good idea. Is this what it idea. feels like? <laughs> so uh, we can do that. We could just yeah. put him in a, in a box. I'm down for that. <laughs> All right. Imhotep, do you mind if we commodify you? Just a little bit. I'm, I'm just imagining Imhotep, like, Dean himself about how he's going to get in, and you all just have that conversation without him. <laughs> and you're all just like, Imhotep, how, how are you asking him to do this? Uh, I was going to, if you said yes to being commodified, just take your skull right off your skull. Because you can collapse into bones, right? That is an ability that Imhotep has. I was going to say, it's either that or, and then I essentially kind of pull out what looks like a makeup kit for my disguise kit. <laughs> or we can make you beautiful, darling. I'm thinking the bones part would be the easiest way to get in. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Looking back and forth between all of you coming up with these ideas, it's just, can, can I ask somebody to make a persuasion check to see how they do it? I got, I'll do it's it. It's not a lot of hot one. Okay. Yes. Let's see. Yes. I'm listening to the Phantom saying, can we commodify you? I was going <laughs> to say, I'll, I'll make an attempt as well. Beat a 12. Oh, come on oh, now. No, right. no, no, no. Everyone, 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 I'm using my inspiration on this. It's worth okay, it. Okay, okay. You get plenty. It's even worse. No! Well, if, if it's not meant to be. I know that Dan said that you have to roll a 12. But I'm going to say this, since you burn the inspiration, he kind of looks at you like, you ask a question, can we commodify you? He kind of gives you a hesitant, I suppose? Like, unsure of what you mean, but it's like, yes? I'm going to have to say we go with Phantom's idea because I rolled a nat one on that. <laughs> so you do not want to be made pretty by me. I mean, I mean, he probably knows how to apply his own makeup. I mean, makeup was a thing for ancient Egypt. He probably knows how to do no, his own makeup. No, Invisible Man's just putting blush right on your cheekbones, some fake eyelashes on the eye sockets. It looks great. <laughs> also, Emotep, you know how to put makeup on skin. It's a good point. <laughs> I may or may not have an extra spare nose somewhere lying around. Yeah, gosh, I hope so. Actually, I have an idea. Um, Jack, can you use that makeup kit and make it look like I have a normal skin tone? And I could just say that my eye color is just through mutation. I mean, as long as I could roll for that. I will say you can just do it. Okay, cool. Cool. So that, so that way I don't look like a multicolored monster. I just look like a normally large man. Now, you will have to, you Frankenstein monster will have to roll to maintain that, but okay. it's a thing that you guys can just do. Okay. Don't sweat it off. Uh, also, Imhotep agrees to bonify himself and go into somebody's bag. All right. Hell yeah. Uh, I'm going to carry just the skull. Awesome. Nice. So we're we just leaving the rest of the bones in the carriage? Uh, as far as I care, anyone else can carry the rest of the bones. Oh, we'll put, like, I got probably like a backpack or something. I'll put you in there. I got you, buddy. I mean, I can also carry some of the bones, too. Four of you, you're just carrying a whole skeleton. 
Oh, I have Explorer's Pact. Does that count? Sure. You guys can spread his bones out amongst yourselves. You will be hard-pressed to pick up anything else, but you can scatter his bones throughout your different bags. All right, I'm holding the skull at chest level. Let's press on. Yes. This is degrading. (laughs) I'm assuming that we're walking towards the quote-unquote admin building. So what you did see, what I will say, you're kind of surrounded by buildings on all sides. In like the back center, there is one main building that is kind of bigger and overlooking all the others. And that's the building that you saw the hooded figure run in through. There are a couple of people kind of walking around the courtyard that are now noticing you come in and are a little bit perplexed because you do, in spite of all of your disguises and everything, you do still look like you don't fit in. We're old. (laughs) They're not as concerned about that as they otherwise would be and just kind of look in confusion. One older man who is kind of cleaning up the courtyard and seems to be the groundskeeper walks up to you all as you're walking in and says, Hello, uh, can I I help you with anything? Uh, What is it you Motley crew are all here for? Um, We're looking for the place to submit uh, artifacts for research. All right, that's... A bit unusual, but you'll want to go into the administration that is just behind the lecture halls. If you go uh, up through the main building and up the stairs, uh, you'll find our grand lecture hall. And right behind that is the people you will want to talk to about all that. Um, May I ask what it is that you are, um, what it is that you are donating? Dead body. Uh, Egyptian relics. I'm assuming those Egyptian relics are the dead body. You kind of said both things at the same time. Yeah, 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 you know. uh... Look at this head. Yeah. Uh... Oh, that is fascinating. Oh my word, that is exquisite. This is very well preserved. Um, everyone, everyone, come come take a look at this. And he calls in a couple of the other people that are walking around that start to make their way over towards him. I go in front of his like, we would love to show off these artifacts, my good sir. Unfortunately, it is imperative that we get these into the proper hands for they are still extremely delicate. Yeah, it's very fragile, very fragile. And as you say that you hear the light lilting of a small, haunting tune. It sounds like a deep-voiced singing of the Dies Irae. Oh, good. That starts to kind of rise up a little bit, and you just sort of faintly notice the... The man that you are talking to is dead. He is completely dismembered. Uh, Where his face should be... It is entirely featureless. The head is completely smoothed Uh, over. He is missing his legs. You are all covered in blood. uh, Frankenstein monster, you are down one rage and nine HP. Imhotep, you are missing a first level spell slot and six HP. Phantom, you're missing a bardic inspiration and five HP. Larry, you're missing five HP. Invisible man, you're missing four uh, HP. And uh, the onlookers that were kind of brought in blink and shake their heads. They look down in horror and look up at all of you with the blood freshly on you. Scream and run. Larry looks right up at the moon. Is it, is it even nighttime? What time is it? It is day. Larry is freaking out, muttering to himself. It doesn't, it doesn't happen during the day. It doesn't, it's not, it's daytime. It's daytime. What happened? It's daytime. Dan, I got a very important question. Go on. Am I still in pieces? Oh, that is a very important question. You are not. You are fully assembled and standing behind everyone. Have we moved positions? Roll perception. Well, I have. I clearly have. Yeah, you so for I'm not sure did. Uh, uh, it's a 17 plus 2. None of you are in the same spots that you were standing in a few minutes ago. Does anybody remember the, the last few minutes? I just told the old man that I... That- these things were delicate, and I see. I saw the guy is like, up, up in the tower. There's someone there. Go, go now. Uh, I run. I run. We are the outcasts, the misfits, you might say. We deal with the nightmares that you run away from every single day. We know the world is a gruesome little place. But us outsiders, we've developed quite a taste For the grisly and morbid, the ghastly and the horrid We know it's awful, dreadful, but we like it Just another haunted night, shrouded with under 
be bright So when you're all so terrified You know who to call The world is falling apart We'll never take it to heart So monsters and creatures and spirits and specters and all Let's all have a ball Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Dean Dark, created and hosted by myself, Danger Dan Jers. Listen to the end for this episode's blooper. Exciting news update, we now have a subreddit page. For announcements, fan art, episode discussions, and more, just hop on over to r slash dndarkpodcast. You can also follow us on Instagram and TikTok at dndark underscore podcast. We're also in the progress of figuring out transcriptions, but in order to make that happen, we need your help to get this podcast into more ears. So please continue to let people know about us and tell anyone you think might be interested to check out our website at dndarkpodcast.com. Dean Dark is Ben Magnet as Mary, the Frankenstein monster. Grayson Norman as Jack Griffin, the Invisible Man. Aaron Coffold as Eric, the Phantom of the Opera. Jordan Nelson as Larry Talbot, the Wolfman. And Daniel Cruz as Imhotep, the Mummy. Our theme song and outro is Let's All Have a Ball by Ryan White Maloney and Tony Carboni, recorded at True North Studios Las Vegas. Our cover art was provided by Jordan Nelson. Listen to new episodes of Dean Dark Wednesdays, anywhere you find podcasts. Jack's going to take off running. I stay still for a second to... Press to digitate all my stuff clean. Oh my god. A time. <laughs> no being covered in blood won't do it. That's fair. Imhotep is kind of just standing there stunned, staring at his hands. I did not do this. This is not right. If Larry was still over there, uh, he would be like, I know how it feels, buddy. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs>